Do you want victory? You can have it in Christ Jesus. Time once again for Abiding in Christ with Jim Wood. You have to step back, evaluate the various positions in light of Scripture, and then re-engage with a godly perspective. Pastor Wood is the founder and executive director of Weirs Valley Ranch, a Christian home and school for kids from crisis family situations. Jesus said, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. You can contact the program by calling 866-41-ABIDE or by visiting us on the web at wvr.org. And now, without further delay, here's your host, Jim Wood. You would please open your Bibles to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, it is for many people the favorite chapter in the Bible. Romans chapter 8, we're going to read the whole thing and then focus our study this morning in um, the first part of the chapter. Romans chapter 8, this is God's word. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do in that it was weakened by the sinful nature, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in sinful man in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the sinful nature, but according to the Spirit. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of sinful man is death. But the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers, we have an obligation But it is not to the sinful nature to live according to it. For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship, And by him, we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings, 
in order that we may also share in his glory. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. The creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what he already has? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus, who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. May God add his blessing to this reading from his holy and inspired word. We said if you want to understand this book, you need to read the whole thing. And there are sections that really need to not be separated. The book of Romans is a letter. Imagine getting a letter, reading a few paragraphs and saying, wow, that's really good. I love the person who wrote this. I think I'll pick it up next week. <laughs> that's not the way we read a letter. We read the whole thing. You need to read the whole book of Romans, and I would suggest you read it over and over and over and over. Right now, we are in the last 
of three chapters that are so intertwined that to separate them is to do violence to them. And so we've done violence to them the last couple of weeks. But I'm trying to get you to see how they tie. Over and over we emphasize this. Back in chapter 6, the Apostle Paul tells us that having been justified by grace, we're not to continue in sin that grace may abound. May it never be. God forbid. Instead, those of us who are in Christ Jesus have died to sin and are now alive in Christ. And so we need to consider that that is true. We need to believe what God says about us and behave accordingly. You need to change the way you think of yourself because when you think of yourself the way God sees you, the way God describes you, then you realize sin really doesn't belong in your life anymore. It's not something just to be tolerated. Well, you know, I, we're trying to keep this area good, but this is our kudzu patch over here. W would you do that at your house? Would you have just an area for the kudzu? No, not if you know anything about kudzu. We've said it before. It'll absolutely take over everything, including your automobile, if you leave it parked there. Okay? If you, are, if you don't want kudzu to totally take over your property, you have to eliminate it every time it crops up. Okay? How much poison ivy do you want in your yard? You know, well, we're just keeping a little in the garden. No! If you don't like poison ivy, then every time poison ivy appears, you get rid of the poison ivy. Amen? Okay? If there's something you don't want in your life, Develop a zero-tolerance policy. Just say, that does not belong. Consider yourself dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. That's chapter 6. Chapter 7 says the law couldn't do that for you. The law was powerless to free you from sin. All it did was show you that you're a sinner. And when the law showed me I was a sinner and I tried to do the right thing, I kept finding I can't do the right thing. The good that I would, I do not do. The evil that I would not, that is what I do. That's human nature. That's the sin nature. And as we read again in chapter 8, it's powerless to do the right thing. The sinful mind is hostile to God, verse 7 of chapter 8. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature, verse 8, cannot please God. If you're controlled by the sin nature, you cannot please God. You want to please God? Well, yes. Well, then, please notice verse 9. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. So I, I just want to be sure I understand this. You're saying that there's, uh, there's basically two kinds of Christians. There's, uh, there's Christians who uh, uh, have the Holy Spirit, and, uh, and they, they can please God. And then there's Christians who don't have the Holy Spirit, and, uh, and they, they really, they, they, can't, they can't do it. 
No, that's not what I'm saying because that's not what the text says. What the text says is, if you don't have the Spirit of God living in you, you're not a Christian. If you have the Spirit of God living in you, then you don't have to keep on sinning. Now, we've said this before, but I'm going to say it again. Do Christians still sin sometimes? Yes. Yes, we do. But it's not because we have to. It's not because we're powerless. I couldn't help it. I'm a slave to sin. If you're a slave to sin, you're not a child of God. Well, no, I am a child of God. Then you're not a slave of sin. But I sometimes still do the wrong thing. Yeah. The text deals with that honestly. But it's not because you have to. It's not because you didn't have a choice. It's not because God's Spirit doesn't give you the power to say no. It's because you've been believing the lies of the enemy instead of the truth of God's Word. God wants you to see yourself as He sees you in Christ, robed with His righteousness. I'm delighted that one of my sons who usually is at a different church uh, with his family on Sundays. His family's out of town, and he's coming to our house for not only the meal after this service, but he's, he's actually going to do some work that we've needed done up at our house for us because he loves us, and I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Okay? Here's the thing. I'm guessing he brought a change of clothes. Okay? I could be wrong, but I'm guessing he brought a change of clothes. Because if you're going to do the kind of physical stuff where you might get dirty, you don't wear your Sunday clothes. Is that right? When we see ourselves in Christ Jesus, you don't want to get sin on that. You understand? It's just like, you know, would you like this? Uh, no, I'm not dressed for it. Would you like to do this? I don't think so. Doesn't belong. So we have the power in Christ Jesus because his spirit is now living in us. So we have the power to say no to sin. Pastor Wood, uh, I guess you figured this out a while back, so has it been like years since you sinned? I wish. I wish. I'm an old man. And, And here's the thing. I still have to choose every day and throughout the day to do the right thing. It doesn't just come automatically. Now, I will say, as not original with me, that while I'm not sinless, I sin less. Okay? I don't sin as much as I used to. I've gotten better. I'm maturing. And one day, when I see him face to face, the picture is going to be complete. And I'm going to look just like Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm looking forward to that. I want to be like Jesus. Do you? Have you ever really wanted to make a difference in this world? You can. It's possible for you to be a part of a miraculous place where God is doing a work of healing in the lives of children who come from difficult circumstances. Where's Valley Ranch is a ministry that belongs to Jesus. He owns the place. 
My wife and I had the opportunity to be here when it was started, and we have watched God work miracle after miracle, providing when only 2% of the income of the ranch comes from the families of the children in our care. We take no government money, we have a policy of no debt, and that means every day that we operate, it's because God is working in the hearts of people who want to help children. You can make a difference that lasts for eternity, and I hope you will. Contact the ranch at wvr.org, or you can call us at 866-41-ABIDE. Let us hear from you. To step out of my comfort zone to the realm of the unknown where Jesus is. So, going back to the end of chapter 7 and right into 8, what a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself in my mind am a slave to God's law, but in the sinful nature a slave to the law of sin. What am I going to do about this? Well, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do in that it was weakened by the sinful nature, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. And so He condemned sin in sinful man, in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the sinful nature, but according to the Spirit. Some people still live according to the sinful nature. If you live according to the sinful nature, you're not a Christian. You're not a Christian. That's what he says. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on that, what that nature desires. Those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. That's why the Bible tells us, set your minds on things above. The mind of sinful man is death. The mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It doesn't submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. You, however... You're not in that group. That doesn't describe you. That describes some other people. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone doesn't have the Spirit of Christ, he doesn't belong to Christ. Please get that. I'm not making this stuff up. If anyone doesn't have the Spirit of Christ, he doesn't belong to Christ. But... If Christ is in you, your body is still dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. So we haven't arrived yet, and Paul's going to go on later in the chapter and talk about the fact, who hopes for what he already has, okay? We're a work in progress, but God has already given us the deposit that guarantees our inheritance. So God himself says, I've started this work and I'm going to complete it in you. How are you going to see yourself? The person you used to be or are you going to see the person you are now in Christ? Set your minds on things above. 
Consider yourself dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. You choose your mindset. You choose what you're going to believe. When the devil comes to you and says, you can't resist, might as well go ahead and give in. You know you're going to do it. Just go ahead. Just go ahead. You can, you can ask forgiveness later. Tell him to shut up. You know why? Because the Spirit of God lives in you. And you can say, no, I don't have to do that. I am, you're lying when you say, I'm going to do that. You're trying to convince me that the battle's already over, might as well surrender, too late now. You know yourself. Yeah, I know my new self. I'm a child of God. I, I am actually the heir of God. My inheritance is the same as that of Jesus. Because of his grace. Not because of something I've accomplished. It's not like, yes, well, look what I've done. I think I deserve an inheritance. No. The way you get an inheritance is that God adopts you into the family. He makes you his child. And he says, I want you to call me daddy. That's what Abba means. It's, it's that intimate expression of love. Abba. Daddy. That's what God says he wants. Therefore, verse 12, therefore, brothers, we have an obligation, but it is not to the sinful nature to live according to it. We're not obligated to do that anymore. Remember I keep telling you, you now have a choice. You don't have to give in. You don't have an obligation to the sinful nature to live according to it. For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. You got to put it to death. You got to choose. You got to determine. You got to decide. You got to say no over and over and over again. Temptation for this, or this, or this. And it, it can be for stuff that's not, I mean, you know. There's, there's stuff that we're tempted to that's not obscenely evil. It's just, what a waste. What a stupid use of time. I'm just telling you, folks, there are better things to do with your time. Consider yourself God's child. And say, all right, Lord, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to use this time? How do you want me to use this money? How do you want me to use this relationship for your glory? How can I be a blessing? If you are a child of God, his spirit lives in you. If there's something you don't understand in God's word, ask him. If there's somebody you're concerned about, pray for them. Say, well, I don't know. I think I need to get somebody else to pray for them. Why? Well, I think it's good if more people pray. Okay, fine. But if the reason you think you need to get somebody else to pray for them is you're not sure God's listening to you, do you know Jesus? Are you trusting in him or are you trusting in yourself? If you're trusting in Jesus, let me tell you something. The Father wants you to call him Daddy. Because he loves you that much. 
He's not saying, well, you know, I have children and then I have these people. His spirit lives in you if you're trusting in him. And he loves you more than you can imagine. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? Don't be afraid to come to him and say, Lord, I don't understand this. This is really bothering me. Would you please deal with it? He's able. And he loves you. Don't ever forget it. You've been listening to Abiding in Christ. If you have questions that you'd like for us to tackle on the program or comments that you want to make, I want to invite our listeners to call 866-41-ABIDE. That's our toll-free number, 866-41-ABIDE. Or contact us on the web at wvr.org.